0: Coming up on podcast 1714, Honda and LG kick off their battery venture together. Stick around, I'll give you the details. Also on the podcast today, used vehicles get a discount in the US with the tax credits. A $42 million investment in new battery technology. And why we have seven of the coolest electric cars on sale in 2023. Those stories and a lot more coming up on today's podcast. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Saturday 14th of January. My name is Martin Lee, and I've been through every EV story, so you don't have to. We'll start with news about the Volkswagen ID. Buzz GTX edition arriving this year. It's going to have 335 brake horsepower and a four-wheel drive range-topping version, bringing sporting appeal to a vehicle that I couldn't think needs this any less volkswagen will reveal the gtx version later this year Uh, it'll crown the electric lineup of the mpv which will also expand soon for the longer wheelbase version and an official camper version there seems some early conversions but there'll be an official version as well 250 kilowatts of power like i say 335 brake horsepower And they'll tweak the interior. They'll add some flares on the outside as well. Dual motor, four-wheel drive. And we see that on other EVs from Volkswagen, the GTX name. And it'll use a similar system as well. Now, there's a long wheelbase version coming this year. So I think that's the version that we get in Europe this summer. And the US gets as a 2024 model year. That's the one I would go for if you, this is on your shopping list, because you've got the flexibility. Now, the minute the ID Buzz, to get it on the market, is very much a five-seater. So you've got the two seats up front and the bench seat at the back, 60-40 split, but you can't unhook it, you can't take it out of the vehicle. So it's always going to have a certain amount of limited usefulness. So the van, for instance, the commercial van has three seats up front, and then you've got all the load space. But actually, if the ID Buzz, if you could take out those rear seats, it would be great. Long wheelbase version is only just less than 12 inches, 25 centimeters longer than the ID Buzz, but you can remove all of the seats. Or some of them, there's three rows, seven seats, but ultimately all of the ones in the back can be taken out so maybe that will also be applied to the short wheelbase or maybe that will only be on the long wheelbase version the two chairs up front become captain's chairs now at the minute the id buzz has a nice little central area for think, a couple of cup holders it's just a small plastic area because you've got the armrests anyway so i think that would go so you'd have a walkthrough which is interesting so the cup holders would go somewhere else and then in the long wheelbase version Two seats up front, captain's chairs that will swivel. And so that all of a sudden becomes much more of a day van if you can take out some seats, get the skirt surfboards in, swivel the chairs around. So maybe that's the one I would go for if it's on your shopping list. It's gonna be more expensive, isn't it? But um that could well be the one introduced alongside the GTX, or maybe we've got to wait a little bit longer than that. Does the GTX need to arrive in the buzz? Absolutely not. The buzz is gorgeous and cute and friendly and floppy, and it'll give you a big hug. And the one thing you don't need is all-wheel drive and loads of performance because that's just not what that vehicle is. But I suppose maybe someone somewhere wants a sporty version of it. Now, Mercedes-Benz have gone down the route of giving all of their cars electric branding like the id we were just talking about from volkswagen they didn't make an electric version of all of their names from golf etc etc but there is any golf there was um but rather use the id name mercedes did the same with the eq now a new report says that mercedes will drop the eq branding and go back to just making electric versions of what they have so the eqs is the electric s class but maybe from 2024 there is just the S-Class, uh, the decision has been based on the chief executive, Ola Kalenius's focus on electric cars. And so if you're only making electric cars, you haven't got to say which ones are going to be electric. So because it's just the cars. And so have an S-Class or an E-Class or a C-Class. And you haven't got to put EQ in front of it if all of your cars are Electric. I like the way they're thinking. It seems a little bit early to drop that, but we'll wait and see if that story is true. Now, my friend Tom Malogny from the State of Charge EV Channel has been telling me about a video that he made with the Audi Q4 e-tron. This is the fancy version of the Volkswagen ID.4. I like it, actually, the styling of the e-tron. I like a lot more the interior as well. It is 10 grand more than the base ID4 in the US, but it's got some nice toys on it, and it does charge quicker as well. 150, not 135 kilowatts. And so Tom's been out with this, draining it down to empty, charging up the Q4 to have a look at how quickly it charges. It's got 24 modules in the battery pack, by the way. It uses the pouch cells inside the... Q4 eTron, and it's quite a small buffer as well. So, 82 kilowatt hour battery, but 77 kilowatt hours usable. 5 to 80%, according to Audi, happens in 36 minutes. Well, Tom plugged it in at empty and waited and waited, and it took 37 minutes. And so, we'll call that margin of error uh, close enough. Audi and Electrify America have partnered up to give you some free charging, but only 250 kilowatt hours. So, that's you know four or five fill-ups really um whereas the id4 which comes with its free charging on electrify america i'm seeing all the time people are just uh, deciding to charge well and you know what and and, you, and i don't blame them because the charging is free it's included in the car so they're blocking electrify america charges blocking in inverted commerce. they're doing nothing wrong uh, there should be no such thing as free charging ever 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 maybe your first charge no not, no never Ever free charging. You don't go into the supermarket. And why is your cheese not free for the first five cheeses? Give me my complimentary camembert. It doesn't happen. And so there should be no such thing as free charging. It really winds me up. And even when charging stations open, it's free for the first week. I get it. I know why they do it. But don't devalue a kilowatt hour. It's cost cost somebody some money to, to make it. Don't make it free and then start charging because it should never be given away. Anyway, so good news about that. I'll pop a link to that video in the first place uh, in the show notes rather samsung sdi is going to build a new factory in hungary according to korean media to supply bmw with round cells for their new class vehicles bmw is building its own electric car plant in hungary where production of the first new class vehicles will start in 2025 using cylindrical cells Battery assembly from CATL, EVE Energy, Envision as well, all confirmed by BMW. So our suppliers surprised, because I thought they were going to have three. There was about three battery suppliers. Always surprised to see a fourth Samsung in the mix as well. They supply cells already to BMW, but they hadn't been confirmed as a supplier of the 4680s. Well, they're not 4680s, um, but the cylindrical cells to the new class platform. Now, last August, CATL announced that they were building a 100 gigawatt-hour battery cell factory in Hungary for, they said, European manufacturers. So that's at least some BMW and Mercedes-Benz, right? The new round cells are the Tesla cells. So they're not made by Tesla. Tesla don't own the form factor. Um, Tesla use 4680, 46 millimeters, and the 80 is the 80 millimeters in height. BMW call them 46XX because they haven't revealed the height of the batteries. They're going to have two different heights according to the use that they're going to give it. So that would be Samsung being a fourth, yeah, a fourth supplier uh, of those cells to the new class platform. Now, in the US, the Department of Energy announcing a 42 million dollar funding for 12 projects to strengthen the global supply chain. The domestic supply chain, rather, uh, the global supply chain so far has been something that has bothered. The US, because globalization, well, it can be a good thing. It can bring prices down. You can source anything anywhere. The US says. Actually, we think we'll close down our doors a little bit, and we like to do things locally. And so they're spending money with 24M to develop low-cost, fast-charging sodium metal batteries. Uh, Ampsera for solid states. National Renewable Energy Laboratory. Uh, We'll look at risks of batteries. Ohio State University. We'll have a look at rapid charging. Project K in California. Potassium-iron batteries. Sandia National Laboratories get money for modelling and testing. Solid Power get money for lithium metal anodes. South 8 Technology get money uh, for rapid charging and liquefied gas electrolyte technology. TyFast Energy will get a grant to investigate Electrode materials. University of Maryland will get a grant to look at charge and discharge rates. Uh, Virginia Tech will develop EV batteries using cobalt and nickel free cathodes. And Zeta Energy will look at a new anode with a high lithium content. So the US spending, or Department of Energy uh, spending money there on a domestic industry I, I get it i totally understand it. it's dominated by asia and china in particular processing 90 percent of the raw materials that go into ev batteries and so wherever a battery a cell is made around the world and it's nearly always gone through china which is fine until china turn around in 10 years time and say well by the way you cannot you can't have any or it's going to cost this much hence why the us uh, becoming you know if you want to say protectionist in their uh, outlook then i would wouldn't really disagree um, with that and therefore the european union have gone well, well we'll not share our toys with you and china has always recently said well there are our toys anyway so everything getting a little bit more insular in the global economy uh, which is not always good because sometimes you know sharing things around for the greater good can mean products get cheaper etc etc uh, but once Technology is invented, so if the U.S. spend their own money, American taxpayers' money, on developing technologies, once it's out there in the world, then it will spread to the rest of the world at some point. It's hard to keep technology in the box, as it were. Right. Coming up on the podcast soon, uh, we will talk about uh, Tesla in Shanghai and Honda and LG's project together. Stick around. Those stories are on the way. Now let's talk about why a really important part, actually, of the latest subsidies in the US apply to leased vehicles and used EVs. I haven't talked about this a lot on the podcast, and that's my bad because the new Inflation Reduction Act of $7,500 uh, for vehicles built in the US uh, is actually also being extended to leased vehicles and used used vehicles purchases of used EVs after January the 1st now get 30% of the sale price or $4000 whichever one um, applies the credit also has restrictions on uh, the battery capacity must be at least 7 kilowatt hours must be under a certain weight 14000 pounds you must buy it from a dealer uh, the used car can't be more than $25000 and the vehicle's model year must be at least 2 years earlier than the calendar year of purchase. So if you buy a car now 2023, you can get a 2021, I oh don't know, say a Bolt. Find a Bolt for less than 25 grand on a 2021 model year and $4,000 off. That's like, the used EV thing. I think hasn't been covered enough in the US. And also that applies to leased vehicles as well. Uh the guidance released at the end of December, which I did talk about on the podcast, but not enough. Uh, also pointed out the Tax credit will go to the leasing company; they own the vehicle ultimately, uh, but that can or cannot be passed to the consumer. But if they do pass it on, and I think the leasing industry is competitive, so they would pass it on to make a saving uh, that is effectively a lower lease payment for the end customer, because the owner of the vehicle, the lease company, is allowed to pocket the seven and a half thousand dollars. So. Really big point, uh, which I hadn't really mentioned enough on the podcast. That's good. Made, I've made good on that. Uh, now, among the notable specs of the Hummer EV, the range of 350 miles and the capability of the vehicle, uh, the 9,000-pound curb weight uh, was not missed by some people, and that includes the chief of the NTSB, Jennifer Homendy. It's an issue for her. Uh, she finds troubling, she says, according to a PC Mag article I found uh, in a speech to the board she argued that super heavy vehicles like electric vehicles have an impact on safety for all road users the electric versions of the equivalent Mustang, Volvo XC40, RAV4, she says, or uh, about 33% heavier than the combustion They're getting around that, EV batteries are indeed heavy, but she doesn't like it. Now, Tesla's delayed its plans to expand Shanghai, according to a Bloomberg report yesterday, citing unnamed sources. So be careful with this one. It's why it's not further up the running order, or the headline, for instance. Um, they say in this Bloomberg report it's to do with Starlink because Chinese officials don't like some of the security concerns around um, Starlink having a large presence in the country. Uh, If that expanded, Shanghai could be up to 2 million vehicles a year, but that's apparently on hold. That's just a single source and a single story. But, you know, take it for what it's worth, but watch this space. Now, headline story. LG and Honda have got their new venture off to a flying start in the US, saying yesterday their joint project has officially set sail, taking a step To further the advance of the American battery market, the launch of the new company, it's called LH Battery Company, Inc. Uh, It came five months after they announced uh, the 4.4 billion venture deal to build an EV battery manufacturing facility in the United States. LG and Honda will own 51 and 49 percent respectively it's in Jeffersonville Ohio gonna make 40 gigawatt hours a year the plant will break ground next month aiming for the completion of the construction in 2024 the plant will manufacture pouch cells for Honda's Acura premium EV models according to LG so that project now officially underway people love their electric vehicles but now comes the hard part uh, writes Wired I love Wired um, uh, it's wow oh, man. I've got too many magazines being delivered. I love a magazine, and so my wife isn't impressed often with the amount of magazines that pile up. Auto Express, Auto Car, Top Gear, Evo. Uh, there's many more, uh, and because I, I often don't get a chance to read them all till like three months later. And so, oh man, I'd love, I'd love to get Wired. I love the writing in Wired. I love the articles. Maybe an online subscription because I did tell her that we needed the big iPad to read magazines on, and then, you know, (laughs) I get the printed version. Uh, The Tech World's biggest show, CES, uh, was a lot like a car show this year, points out, Wired. There were 50,000 public... Electric vehicle chargers in the U.S., according to Wired magazine at the end of last year. But the country needs 495,000 EV chargers by 2035, and each charger can cost $100,000 to install, says Wired. Now, here's where I disagree with them, because they say that there are 50,000 public chargers in the U.S. Now, according to uh, data from the U.S. Department of Energy, by the end of 2022 there were 27,000 what they call DC fast chargers. So that's not 50,000, is it? That's 27,000. Now, uh, maybe they are including level two in the wide article, but no, there'd be way more level two chargers. I don't know where the 50,000 number comes from. Uh, and that's not as if they've missed Tesla because Tesla have the biggest 12,000 or 17,000 chargers at the moment. Uh, the big ones like uh, Electrify America, or ChargePoint, etc., etc., EVgo Network are all in here as well. So... These are ones with CCS, CHAdeMO, or Tesla. 27,026 plugs as of the end of 2022. So I'm not sure why, again, why it says 50,000 EV chargers in the US. It's kind of wrong by half, but I don't know what they mean by EV chargers. So, again, and when they say each one costs more than 100,000 to install, well, again, it, that's it, you can't really say that because a DC fast charger can be... 100 grand to install or we could put in a bunch of level twos which might be a better idea so and they don't cost 100 grand to put in a level two charger so again it was it's a little it's a little negative I like wired but it's a little it's not that I I would challenge this article Uh, part of the challenge they say is that they're not reliable and I would agree with that Um, in the elements the cables break or the power electronics falter Payment screens go dark and vandals block them, uh, and I would agree with all of that. By the way, and some stuff that I've seen lately, I, I think that the, the 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 payment readers are failing. Um, particularly, I love Gridserve, love Gridserve, but I've had some real problems with their early installs, which are probably only two years old now. The electric highway, um, but it, it's just not taking my card, um, and it's just frustrating so i just i love Gridserve and their Braintree and norwich and their electric four courts are awesomeness but some of their older unit they're only two years old they're all scratched up and they won't read my card and i've had real real problems at winchester northbound it's just I, I, like you connect it it says tap your card i'm holding it there i touch my iphone it's just not reading it and i'm like oh man this is now hard work um I should probably tell Grid, sir. If I fed it back, they would be receptive. Um, In some cases, companies that built and operate early charging stations didn't have any commitment to maintain them. Uh, And any that want to take part in new programs funded by the infrastructure bill in the US have to meet requirements for maintenance. The standards for maintenance that are being worked out by the federal government. That needs to be worked out as soon as possible, I would suggest. And finally, Business Insider lists the seven coolest cars arriving in 2023. Uh, they put the Cybertruck on the list. Okay, I'll go with that. The Cadillac Celestique, or Celestic, I think is how I say it, uh, is on their list. And that looks like a very cool car. The Rolls-Royce Spectre for $400,000 uh, does look absolutely stunning and very... No one pays the base price for a Rolls-Royce. E- everyone is unique, and so it'll be twice that price by the time you get your hands on the options list and the paint color you want uh also as i say the, the celestic is uh a stunning large luxury car i'm not sure who's going to buy that but we'll wait and see uh, the interior is just a huge screen all the way across and it looks amazing it's expensive i'm not sure who's going to buy it uh the lucid air Sapphire, the high performance version, which was already very fast anyway. Uh, It has three motors and 1200 horsepower, most powerful sedan in the world. It's already set records, so going to 100 miles an hour in less than four seconds. What? Uh, $249,000 on that one. Uh, Polestar 3 comes and. That is going to be a larger SUV. First one from Polestar as well, with a nice big screen in the middle running Google on that. And if you love the Polestar styling, this isn't a wildly different direction to the Polestar 2. starts at $84,000 in the USA. Mercedes-Benz EQE SUV gets an honorable mention uh, with its AMG 700 horsepower version. And they give a mention for the Lexus RZ450e. Uh, it's not one that I would particularly uh, go out of my way to recommend. And the Genesis GV70, finally on their list. Now, I do love that. The combustion version was always like a baby Bentley. And the electric version of that. And, uh, does the US get the GV70? Uh, certainly, or it's coming this year. I think We already get it along with the GV60, and the GV70 is more of an Audi e-tron competitor. It's a big luxury SUV, 500 horsepower, filled with leather and nice touches and things like that. A few quirks inside, but otherwise, uh, really interesting. I was having I was having a good old nose around a GV60 from uh, Genesis lately, and um, really, really impressed. And I've forgotten how brilliant those vehicles are, because... They charge quickly, they're nice high voltage and just really lovely um, not the cheapest but you get a lot for your money and that's your podcast for today goodness it's been too long sorry I'll shut up now thank you for listening uh, thank you to our premium partners Phil Roberts of Electric Future Brad Crosby Porsche of the village Cincinnati Audi of Cincinnati East Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii Derek Riley and his EV Review Island YouTube channel Richard at RSEV.com hit the microphone Richard at RSEV.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK. Octopus Electric Universe global public charging made simple with one app and one map. MilbrookCottages.co.uk, five-star luxury cottages in Devon, and Lease Plan Electric Moments providing all the tools and guidance that EV drivers need. Have a good and sit tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.